thank you for joining us. This is uh, Unscripted Equity Curiosity Season 2, Number 8. And uh, I'm Felix Wong, Hedgeye China. I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, Andrew Freeman of Hedgeye Communications and Ami Joseph of Hedgeye Technology. And today, uh, our main topic is, is kind of going to revolve around media platforms and um, government influence or government control over those media platforms, particularly on maybe platforms like Twitter. And uh, I'm curious to hear what, uh, you know, what Andrew is thinking about there. I mean, obviously, Twitter is giving a ton of headlines these days with Elon Musk uh, trying to buy the company. So uh, why don't you take it away, Andrew, and, and just basically uh, tell us your thoughts on this media platform? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's always interesting, right? Because historically, in, at least in the US, uh, the media landscape has been dominated by, you know, a handful of very wealthy, influential uh, individuals, families. Um, so you have like the Redstones, um, with Viacom and Paramount and CBS. Um, you have, uh, you know, obviously John Malone, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, who's dominated the cable space, but has also been very influential in the media landscape and advising what companies do uh, in terms of, you know, strategic M&A and also making um, other types of uh, financial investments. Uh, you know, Roberts with Comcast, um, so it's, oh, and then of course, like Rupert Murdoch and, and Fox. So it's always been a very kind of elitist industry um, controlled by a select few um, that has, you know, implications in terms of the type of content that comes, uh, you know, through these different platforms. Um, but that's mostly legacy media, um, you know, social is kind of, you know, a, a different animal in, in many ways. Um, and Twitter specifically is, um, really a fascinating, um, platform because it's, it's so unique, right? Um, you know, you, we see in the long, in the case of, you know, social media historically, um, a lot of copying goes on because, uh, you're always fighting aggressively for a share of time spent. And so it's kind of an existential risk to any of these platforms that if you don't innovate, right, um, that somebody's going to come up and uh, start taking a ton of market share away from you in terms of time spent. And then that ultimately impacts your advertising revenue. And we talked about TikTok being a similar happening that happening with TikTok. And, you know, in the past, every several years, you have this situation of a new platform scaling rapidly, and some of them kind of are flash in the pan and some of them have more staying power. But I, I, I just bring this up in context to Twitter because it's one where it, it has a very unique use case that's um, not, that's easily replicated in terms of technology, right? Um, but in terms of its use case and engagement at scale is very differentiated, very unique and hard to replicate. And that's why there is only one Twitter, right? Um, now you could say, oh, there's only one Facebook, there's only one Instagram, there's only one Snapchat, YouTube, et cetera, which is all true. Um, but in terms of ad formats and user features, um, you know, it, it, it all can have, you know, there's more overlap, right? Um, from a consumer side, the switching costs are a little lower, I would think, across other kind of media, social media platforms, especially if the content is 
uh, ubiquitous, right? So if I can watch the same video on YouTube as I can on TikTok, as I can on Instagram or Facebook watch, right? That makes it easier to switch between platforms with less friction. Uh, whereas with Twitter, because it's a information network that's globally scaled, um, it is something that is not as easily replicable and the content is definitely more unique. So, um, you know, what does that mean for, you know, this last week with, um, obviously with, um, uh, Elon Musk making a bid for the platform. I, I think it adds an element of, you know, intangible value to the, to the equation that maybe some of these other platforms don't necessarily have. Um, you know, if you have a owner of a, of a media platform, um, it's a very, you know, if you own a media platform, right, it's a very powerful tool. Um, if you look at Elon Musk historically, and Jay Van Skyver, the industrials analyst at Hedgeye, who's, I think we're going to have him on the podcast soon, actually. Um, and maybe we could talk about this a little bit deeper. But, you know, he's obviously done a lot of work on Tesla and has some strong opinions and views on Elon Musk. But the guy is basically optimized for, like, you know, search engine activity, right? Like, whatever is this kind of buzzword, he's usually on top of it. And he's used social media and, uh, you know, all, and, and Twitter specifically as a tool to really, uh, you know, gain mind share and influence, which all translates ultimately to, you know, uh, capital, right? The ability to raise capital easier, uh, you know, and support his various endeavors. Um, so if some, if Twitter, hey, falls, Andrew, yeah, go ahead. Hey, hey Andrew, sorry, it's on me. So here's go a for question for you. Um, so, okay. So, so just, Catch me up for a second here. So Elon takes 10%. He offers to buy the whole thing for 54. And then he threatens that if they don't accept his offer, he's going to dump his 10% of the company. Is that, is it, am I, am I catching up? Like, am I just making sure I have all the facts as of right now? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, uh, Got that's it. The, the short of it. Got it. And then if, if he, if he does get control of, uh, of Twitter, like, what do you think he, like, what's your guess of, like, what happens next if that happens? <laughs> I mean, um, so funny story, actually. Like, years ago, when Jack Dorsey was trying to figure out how to fix the company, he actually did, like, a town hall at Twitter and reached out to Elon Musk and had him, you know, do a whole interview and basically asked Elon Elon was on like a big screen. He was like, how do we, like, how do we fix our company? <laughs> which was, which is interesting, right? To have the leader of your organization basically outsource leadership. Um, you know, Jack historically was always one where he struggled with decision. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, I don't really know exactly what he would do. I mean, we saw the seven tweets that he put out or so of things that he would consider doing edit button renaming the company shutting down the headquarters like being very aggressive um now all kind of snarky jokes right so you never know if he's what truly being serious or not um but there i do agree with the view that i think a lot of the problems that twitter has will be better solved in the private space outside of the public view at least that's 
reporting quarterly results, right? And that's constantly judged with the stock price out there. I think it's rather distracting. Um, hey, 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 Andrew, I, I just have a question. I mean, I'm just trying to understand why Musk wants to buy Twitter. Is it because he wants, is it similar to why, you know, um, former President Donald Trump wanted to set up his, his own media platform, Trust, right? So hmm. um, is it because Musk can basically say whatever he wants? on a platform like Twitter without any kind of consequence. Um, I'm just trying to understand if, if the government's going to get involved here and maybe like yeah. censor some of the things he says. I mean, look, there's, I, I'm probably not going to have a popular view on my, my perspective isn't the popular, one, right? I am way more sympathetic to these platforms than I think most are. And I'm not sympathetic in the sense that I think that everything that they do is right. I'm sympathetic in the sense that the situation that they're in is a lose-lose situation, right? Um, and because they're monetized via ads, they have to make their advertisers happy, <laughs> right? Otherwise, their revenue falls and their stock price goes down. And a lot of the times that creates a conflict of interest with what people perceive as, you know, freedom of speech and censorship practices. Um, and that's why historically, not to get off too off track to your question, Felix, but like when it comes to media companies and especially ones that are more information-based and news organizations, they tend to kind of get pushed to the far right and the part far left, right? That's why we have CNN. That's why we have Fox News. That's why Disney, has, you know, Disney leans historically uh, to the left, um, you know, because it's kind of a survival uh, response, right? You know, to who and you know who your audience is and who ends up, you know, paying you the most. Um, so I, I'm a little bit more sympathetic, and also the sheer volume and types of content that that gets on these platforms from a moderation standpoint, it's impossible to moderate because you're talking about the internet. Um, so, you know, having policies and moderating at scale is very difficult. So, um, you know, for example, Trump getting banned, right. From these platforms, uh, you could view that as, you know, limiting free speech and that they shouldn't have done that. Alternatively, you could say, well, when did that happen? The decision to ban Trump came during the quote unquote insurrection that, or the capital riots that happened you know, uh, during uh, close to the to the inauguration, advertisers, brand advertisers, especially cut spend. And as soon as that happened, they just turned off all their ads. Right. So these companies are seeing this happening and they're weekly. You know, they look at these weekly numbers and they're plummeting. So what do they I mean, they have to get brands and advertisers back on the platform. And so they have to do something drastic. And, you know, that was ultimately the path that they went down. Um, and so, yeah, you have like Getter, you know, you have True Social, all these other platforms um, that are trying to get some type of scale. I think they're going to struggle to do it, frankly, um, you know, I, I, or maybe they get there and it's going to become an echo chamber for a certain type of content, a uh, certain type of user base. Um, but if that's the case, are you going to ask you a question. the same values you get from Twitter? Let me ask you another question just from like a fundamentals perspective, um, back in the day when, when LinkedIn was a public company, um, 
I always felt like this was a massive opportunity that had been significantly under-executed. Like they just, they just consistently were slow with new features, slow with innovation, slow with anything. It was just like literally like the, they were just sort of like on slow move. And it was a digital disruptor. So being a slow moving company, that didn't really make sense, right? Like it was just sort of like they almost were like dragging themselves down. Do you feel that way about Twitter? Do you feel like it's under executed? And if so, like if you had like a wish list of the top five things, not in terms of like the things that Elon wants to change necessarily, but like the things that you'd want to see, like, okay, here's how they could like accelerate revenue. Here's how they could improve cash flow. I don't know, whatever things like that that you feel like they've under executed on. Are there things mm-hmm. out there that you'd say, like, if this was in different hands, they could kill it? Like, what's the, what are, what's missing with Twitter? No, I mean, look, I, look, we've been long Twitter, best idea, bench name for a while. And I mean, when we first did that, came out with that call, we, we did just that. We put out a list of all the different things that they could do that we think they can make the company better. Um, and frankly, they've executed on that. And yeah, the part of the criticism was that they were too slow moving Part of that was their, they were limited by their, ad, their tech stack, their ad server. Um, a lot of it was also just organizational structure. Um, you know, the inability for teams to be able to make decisions on the fly. Um, product development velocity was extremely slow. Um, in order to get something off the ground, it required a lot of red tape. It was a lot of bureaucracy involved that limited decision-making and product development and iteration. Right. You know, you know, Zuckerberg kind of, you know, coined the, the phrase like, you know, fail, you know, innovate or die. Right. Fail fast, fail hard, learn and move on, break things um, along those lines. And so Twitter historically was very did not do that uh, exceptionally well. Part of that is also the history of Twitter is, you know, because of the nature of the platform, they spent a lot of time focusing on the health and wellness and the safety of the platform, because ultimately, um, you know, if you can't solve for those equations, you can't grow your user base, you can't keep your user base engaged. And then everything after that is, and then, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Um, Monetization just won't, will will ultimately always underwhelm if you can't solve for those things first. So they have, they've restructured the organization. Jack is out. I think that was, that was an important first step. Um, They've, they made some a lot of small tuck-in acquisitions. They rebuilt the ad server. They launched a bunch of new user features, functionality, Twitter spaces. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, it's the amount of iteration and new product that they've been pumping out there over the last 18 months has been, you know, multiples of what it's been historically. So, you know, what can they do going forward? I mean, I think, um, you know, part of it is, you know, for any type of, advertising platform the, the, the playbook's kind of similar right uh you know can you grow the number of advertisers on the platform right so can you tap into small medium-sized businesses um and that's what facebook has done extremely successful that was extremely well over the years and then can you um you know improve the data targeting and direct response advertising right to increase conversions to increase the return on ad spend um, to make it more, um, you know, more valuable of a, of a platform. Um, and so they're all doing that. I think the issue is that, you know, Twitter is, um, it's one of these things where it's hard to turn around a company like Twitter when you have so much noise, right? Um, you know, Elon Musk, uh, you know, investors that are very opinionated, 
it, it's it's hard from a management perspective, right? When you have all this distracting, when there's so much, um, you know, when especially if, you know y- your team is distracted like this. Um, so I don't think it's an access to capital issue. I think it's just a focus issue, right? Where they could probably take this thing private for a period of years. Um, I I also think Ami and you know this, and I'll and and I'll pivot back to Felix, but. You know, look, sometimes investors' duration and expectations are just off base with reality and what's acceptable. And I think the thing is that Twitter has underperformed so for so long. It's kind of burned through its investor base. I think people are frankly exhausted. They're tired. They want results. Um, and it may not be um, on an acceptable timeline uh, to a lot of investors. So I think maybe taking this thing private would allow them to have maybe a longer term focus, fix a lot of their issues and maybe go public down the road. Um, so that's that's ultimately my view. I think it's more impactful, less from a product dev standpoint, but more so from a, an ability to just, you know, do what they need to do over the duration that they need to do without unnecessary outside pressure of being a public company to get it done. <clears throat> so we'll see. Um, you know, Felix, the, well, hey, wait, oh, hold on. Yeah. Before you throw it back to Felix, let me just mention that like, I'll just insert myself for a second here. That's that, um, so the desire, for the, 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 uh, exhaustion, investment exhaustion, I guess, to use your sort of like term around Twitter, um, that some just wants like somebody else to worry about this and fix the problems, meaning like not public equity, um, it is, um, I've seen it many, many times and it's like 99 out of hundred times is misplaced because the, when it goes into private equity land, you're, you buy it with 80% leverage. So now you have this big debt pile. The first things first is like debt kills all, right? Like the equity owners lose everything if they don't miss a pay, if they miss a payment or if they miss several payments. So number one, most important thing is like, they have to focus on, on that servicing the debt. And debt becomes the owner of the company, the bond, literally like the origins of the word bond. You got to go look that up. It's, it's fascinating. But like you got to, but there's sort of like you're indentured to the debt. And so real things don't actually get fixed. And in the end, uh, most of the time, uh, 99, like I said, 99, 100 times, what happens during the private equity phase of when it's out of the public eye is is it gets worse the core organic gets worse and that gets papered over with um with acquisitions of small companies who are like who pay who are whose product and revenue and and human capital are meant to paper over the decay and the death underlying in the organic that's my view so i don't i think if it gets taken private it gets worse and even if elon takes it private i think he probably makes some dramatic moves in the beginning and then like he like kind of like sort of looks away and blames other people. It's my guess. Those things that typically is what happens. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know Drew, I, if you have a view. No, I mean it depends on who's taking it private and for what purpose, right? And also like what the exit goal is, right? I mean, um, you know, Twitter's already fairly. I mean, they've done a lot of tucking acquisitions, right? Mostly small, not really accreted to revenue, um, but I mean, yeah, you have a lot of debt. You know, you know, it changes the mentality when you're a highly levered business, right? Because you have 
interest payments you have to make, right? And you just explained that dynamic very well. Um, but I also think that there's something to be said for, you know, the life cycle of an organization and the utility that you get from being a public company. I've seen it a lot of times too, right? Like at some point, you know, when you're earlier on in the growth cycle, right, that access to capital can be very important. Um, you know, being able to do have liquidity to your employees for stock based comp can be very important. Um, but I think at some point you get to the life cycle or maybe being a public company can hurt you more than it helps you. And maybe that's a perception issue, right? Maybe that's distracting, like, as I, as I mentioned before. Um, so I think that might just be the case of, of Twitter, right? I mean, like Cerner, like all my, like a lot of good shorts and some longs I've had, like Cerner was like one that I was, uh, you know, short for a really long time. And I just saw that business kind of dying and being mismanaged and market maturity and it's pretty obvious and you know the short like that company's days as a as a public company were numbered because there's just there's going to be no meat on the bone left for shareholders and all the things that they were getting pushed to do from activists on all sides and everything was more short-term in nature and trying to get the stock price higher but the fundamental reality was that you know their end market was tapped out they didn't innovate for a lot for decades because they were, you know, basically just being fed by government subsidies. And there was a lot of mismanagement within the organization uh, that had built up over the period of, of decades as well, because of the way that, you know, management, you know, run, ran the company. And so, you know, you get to a point where you're like, all right, like, can, is this thing better to, you know, to be taken private? Can someone else extract more value from an organization? Um, you know, whether it's intangible value, right? Because one thing I've argued is that, you know, with Twitter specifically, its social and cultural impact will always be significantly greater than the company's ability to monetize and capture that, right? Um, and what I mean by that is there's just, there's so much more value there um, that they just can't monetize and that, but can be monetized, right? That can, that can accrue significantly to someone like an Elon Musk who can get value from it in other ways if they own the platform, right? Um, so it's an interesting dynamic, um, you know, will it, but I do think that it would ultimately be better suited um, outside of the public sphere, which, you know, is not in my best interest, right? Because it's one less company I get to cover, but um, at least publicly, but that's, um, that's kind of my, my two cents or more than two cents rather. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Andrew, and this is just, just pop into my head because of what's going on in China with, um, um, you know, Alibaba divesting their media assets and Weibo, which is China's Twitter, uh, at some point was thinking about being taken private because of all the issues with regulation. Do you think one day the U.S. government may actually force Twitter actually to either, you know, force them to go private or to have some kind of, um, I don't know, um, some kind of JV with the U.S. government just so that they can control the type of information that's on there? Uh, I am think I thinking so. too much on this? No, I mean, I, there's no shortage of antitrust and regulatory uh, issues plaguing big tech and social media specifically, especially social media. Um, you know, it's a really... Like the, the debate around content moder moderation and censorship and what's, you know, and data privacy is just, 
it's such an unsolvable question. Like there's no, there's no right solution. Um, so I think the, the debate is really, do you view these platforms more so as utilities and therefore they should be regulated? And I think in many ways the answer is yes. The problem is that the government hasn't really stepped up with any solid solutions, right? For regulation, for censorship. Um, and at the same time, they haven't offered any solutions, but they're just whipping these companies left and right, like in, in, in you know, congressional hearings, right? And just saying how terrible they are, but they're also offering no problem, like, you know, no ways to fix it. For which from my seat is really infuriating um, because, you know, Facebook and these organizations, you can say, you can dislike them all that all you want. You can think of whatever you want, but they do invest a significant amount of money in health and wellness and safety. I mean, they obviously can't go and just take, you know, every single dollar that of profit, right, in cash flow and put it towards that. Because uh, then they wouldn't, they would, then they would really just be like a not-for-profit, right? And then what would be the equity value there? Like, um, but I don't think they're getting enough credit. But I don't think Felix that the government would ever step in and basically, you know, co-invest or do a JV or, or buy it. I think what they needs to happen is you need to have some type of regulatory body established or some type of rules of engagement laid out clearly that everyone agrees to that regulates how, you know, data, pro, uh, you know, at targeting advertising works, uh, how data is shared. Um, and then also like best practices regarding, you know, censorship, because these platforms have a lot of control over what gets out there and what's not, and they get criticized a lot for it. Um, but ultimately it's their decision to make and they have to make it. And, you know, if the government wants to have a bigger role in that, then they have to step up and they have to, you know, tell these companies like what, you know, what the rules are. Otherwise, they're just going to continue doing what they're doing. Gotcha. Yeah, this is certainly a, um, a fascinating topic. And uh, I'm sure you're, you're getting a plenty of interest right now, particularly with what's going on with the Musk takeover potential. Um, unfortunately, we're running out of time, and it's, it's been another great episode. Thank you, Andrew, for all your insights. And um, until next time, uh, please click on our podcast across our various media channels, and uh, see you next time. Thank you. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedgeye is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the content. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the Terms of Service at Hedgeye.com slash Terms of Service.